Amen. Great singing this morning. At this time, we have some more special music. You may be seated. Well, I'm so glad Pastor House asked us to come over. I'm looking forward to preaching today. And I taught the Sunday school class. That was a blessing. But you know, the truth is, I can't do a whole bunch for you this morning. Um, I can encourage you as best I can, show you some scriptures, things like that. But uh, not a whole bunch I can do, but I know a man who can. And that's the name of this song. I can't take a heart that's broken, make it over again, but I know a man who can. I can't take a soul that's sin sick, make it white as the snow, but I Some call him Savior, the Redeemer of all men. I call him Jesus, for he's my dearest friend. If you feel no one can help you, and your life is out of hand, will I know a man who can? I can't walk upon the waters or calm the raging sea, but I know a man who can and I can't cause blind eyes to open or make the lame to walk again oh but I know a man who can some call him savior the redeemer of all men i call him jesus for he's my dearest friend if you think that no one loves you and your life is out of hand will i know a man who can some call him savior the redeemer of all men i call him jesus for he's my dearest friend if you feel no one can help you and your life is out of hand will i know a man who can 
Yes, I know a man who Aren't you glad we have someone like that who can take our lives when we feel like it's all out of hand, make it all over again? Jesus is his name. If you have your Bibles, would you open them up and turn them over to John chapter 19 this morning? John chapter number 19. What a privilege it is to be here with our friends at Corridor Baptist Church. I thank God for your faithfulness your steadfastness in the Lord. I want to thank, a special thank you this morning to the Gukins for opening their home for us and allowing us to stay there. What a beautiful little apartment. We appreciate it uh, so very, very much. Uh, the Bible speaks about hospitality several times in the New Testament. And I think in Romans 12, verse 13, it says, given to hospitality. Thank you, church, for being given to hospitality. We really appreciate that. We want to invite you to come over our way sometime and see us. And um, over on the coast, you need a place to stay. We have places for you over there. Just let us know. We'd love, uh, love to have you. Be in prayer for us. We'd appreciate your prayers. Uh, God has been so good to us through this time. We've had very few people with COVID. We've lost nobody as far as to death to COVID. We're very thankful for that. However, we have lost two families already who've moved away to more conservative states and I've got two more at least two more one headed to Florida one headed to Texas so that makes it a little difficult and I understand it I get it why they're leaving but boy it sure makes it hard for us who are behind but we're just praying the Lord will bless them and uh, maybe we can see more souls saved and replace them there in our church there all right, John chapter number 19 uh, this morning. John chapter number 19. We'll be going to read here in just a moment. But first, I, was, uh, I heard recently about a family in New York City who decided to move out west. So they bought a ranch, and they were going to raise cattle. Now, that's quite a difference, you know, living in the city to, on the ranch. A friend asked if the ranch had a name. Well, said the would-be cattleman, I wanted to name it the Bar J. My wife favored the Susie Q. And my son wanted to name it the Flying W. And my daughter preferred the Lazy Y. So, we are calling it the Bar J Susie Q Flying W Lazy Y Ranch. The friend looked around and asked, But where are all your cattle? The cattleman sighed and said, none of them survive the branding. <laughs> We're living in a day and age where Christians are being branded a lot of different, with a lot of different names. Even the word Christian, name Christian, doesn't mean what it used to mean. But it's one that we should wear and not be ashamed of and live up to its meaning Christian little Christ 
little Christ. Well, Jesus Christ did something amazing in our text. Here he is on the cross. Most of you know the story how he was put to death for the sins of all mankind. The awful treatment he received, the agony that he endured. And now when we read verse 30, his life, earthly life, is nearly over. John 19, 30. Just before this, he said in verse 28, I thirst. They filled the sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. What a shame. What a tragedy. And now verse 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we read verses like these and they humble us. They bring a silence to the room. They are so powerful, so sobering. When we read how we treated you, how we put you to death, our sins nailed you to the cross. And when we read, it is finished. We know there must be something quite significant about those words. So I pray this morning you would help us to hone in, to focus upon those words and what they mean for us today. In Jesus' name do I ask it. Amen and amen. Seven times did our precious Lord Jesus speak from the cross three before the darkness and four after. There was no voice heard during the darkness. Now during this period of darkness, Jesus, I believe, did battle with hell. When the darkness was lifted as a veil, King Jesus had silenced Satan and hell. Amen and amen. Now, the fourth statement Jesus made was a cry of abandonment. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The fifth word of that statement shows us his humanity, or the, the fifth thing that he said on the cross when he said, I thirst. The battle with darkness and evil had taken its toll on his human body. The sixth word, as recorded in Luke 23, verse 46, was a statement of surrender. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Now the seventh word, and the focus of our sermon this morning, is one of magnificent triumph. It is finished. Now this phrase is actually only one word in the Greek language. It is the word tetelestai, tetelestai. It may be the most powerful single word of all Jesus' ministry. It was also his last word. It was the word that turned this apparent tragedy into a scene of victory, one that literally shook the earth. 
that split the rocks in half and the veil, which changed the course of human history. It raised saints from the dead and tore away the temple veil. Tetelestai. What a word. And the title and text of our message today, Tetelestai. Maybe the most powerful word in all human history. Even more powerful, if it could be possible, than the words of creation in Genesis 1 where God spoke and the universe came into existence. The the word could not simply be spoken, this word to Telestai, before it could be spoken, there was a prerequisite. The Son of God had to die. And just before he did, he cried, it is finished. To Telestai. Now that's a wonderful word, and I want to talk to you this morning first about its meaning, and second about its message for you and I today. First, its meaning. On the cross at the last, Jesus breathed out this last word. Again, three words in English, but only one in Greek, tetelestai. It was a quick shout. If you weren't paying attention, you might have missed it in all of the confusion. What was that shout? What was that word? Tetelestai. Tetelestai. Now the word tetelestai only occurs two times in the New Testament. In verse number 28 and verse number uh, 30. In verse 28, it is actually translated accomplished. See the word accomplished there? That's tetelestai. If something is accomplished, it's done, it's finished. And then it's translated finished, or it is finished, in verse number 30. It comes from a a verb, teleo. It means to bring to an end, to complete. And folks, this is a crucial word because it it signifies the successful end to a particular course of action. This word is no word of failure. It is a word of victory. It's the word you might use when you reach the peak of Mount Everest. Tetelestai! I made it. It's the word you might use when you turn in the final copy of that doctoral dissertation. It is finished. Tetelestai! It's the word that you might Make, might say, when you make the final payment on your new car, Tetelestai, it is finished. I'll never forget walking into the college office my senior year and making my final payment on my school bill. I worked long, hard nights to pay that school bill. And man, when the secretary gave me that receipt, it said paid in full. I held it up and gave it a shout. I still have that at home in my photo album. Paid in full, tetelestai, it is finished. Hallelujah. It might be the word you would shout when you cross the finish line of your first 10K run. Anybody ever done something like that, a 10K run? Hey, there's a few of you. Not me, not me, brother. 
Somebody said, Pastor, you're out of shape. You need to do some squats. I said, I've been doing squats all my life. Diddly squat. <laughs> That's the problem, see. But there's more. The verb here is in the perfect tense. So it speaks of an action which has been completed in the past with results that continue into the present. So the past tense, in other words, this happened. The perfect tense, this happened and is still happening today. It is still in effect today. To Telestai, it was finished in the past. It is still finished right now in the present. And it will remain finished in the future. There is no chance that anything could ever unfinish it or unravel it. Now note here, folks, Jesus did not say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. If he said, I am finished, that would mean that he died in defeat. But when he said, it is finished, he's referring to an act, a course of action that is now finished or accomplished. We know that course of action was the the course of action that God put into place all the way back in Genesis when Adam and Eve sinned and the Lord shed the blood of the animal and clothed them with the skins of the animal. It was the plan that he had ordained from the very beginning to rescue man, to reconcile man. And now Jesus says, to Telestai, it is finished. This word is an artist's word. The artist stands before one of his creations and he looks at it and he says, to Telestai. I can't add anything more to it. It's just right. One time I was watching that artist on TV. Have you ever watched Bob Ross paint? You know, he has that frizzy hair. And I think he's dead now, but he he had the frizzy hair and had a down-home country talk. And man, he could just paint and and you just watch. I think he has his own channel, some uh, Bob Ross channel. And you just sit there mesmerized. How did he do that? I read an article one time about him. The reason he has that, had that afro, the frizzy hair, when he was in college, he didn't have enough money for a haircut. And so he, to continue getting haircuts, so he just asked that barber to just give him a perm. And so he got a perm so he wouldn't have to have his haircut because he couldn't afford it. One time I was watching Bob Ross paint, and man, he had a a beautiful painting there, and it was like a a mountain scene and and beautiful pine trees around it. He talks you through it, a little stream meandering by and with a little footbridge over it, and man, it was just so beautiful. And then he he said, he stabbed me, he said, man, it still needs something. Needs something. He reached down into his little paint thing there, and he grabbed a big glob of paint. And I'm not kidding, he took it and he went, He just took that paint, splattered it all over that beautiful painting. I said, wait, don't do that. No, no, no. (laughs) You know, it's like I thought he was ruining this beautiful painting. He said, now don't worry about it. It's almost like he was talking to me through the TV. Don't worry about it. It's going to be all right. And he took his brushes and began to spread that paint out. And oh my, 
it made it even more beautiful than it was before. Then he stood back and said, I think that's it. Yep, we don't need any more. Now he didn't say it, but he could have said, to telestai. It's an artist's word. It's a builder's word. Some of you are builders, you're carpenters. Jesus was a carpenter. The builder hands over the keys to the new home and says to the owner, here's your key, to Telestai. It's finished. I've done everything according to the plan. And now it is move-in ready. It is complete. To Telestai. This word to Telestai is a creditor's word. I like this one. The word tetelestai was written on business documents or receipts in the New Testament times, indicating that a bill had been paid in full. The Greek-English lexicon by Moulton and Milligan says this, Receipts are often introduced by the phrase tetelestai, usually written in an abbreviated manner. The connection between receipts and what Christ accomplished would have been quite clear to John's Greek-speaking readership. It would be unmistakable that Jesus Christ had died to pay for their sins and had paid the debt in full. It's a creditor's word. I told you about the receipt from college, paid in full. Thank God I still have it. It means something to me. Have you ever had somebody pay a debt for you? I mean, you thought you owed the debt and, and you, you made the phone calls to make, set up the payments and somebody said, wait a minute, it's already been paid. It's already been paid. And you said, what? Yeah, it says right here, somebody called in and paid the payment. You hung up, you hung up the phone and did a jig. And you shouted, woo-hoo! That's hillbilly for Tetelestai. To tell us die, it is finished. It's been paid in full. And when Jesus died on the cross, he paid my sin debt. He paid your sin debt, the sin debt of the entire world. Yes, it was my sins that put Jesus on the cross, that nailed the uh, nails through his precious hands and feet. My sins and yours. And Jesus says, to tell us die. It is finished. I've suffered in their place. I have been in agony for them, and now I'm going to die for them. It is a creditor's word. Thank God for it. Tetelestai. Now, Tetelestai and its message, that's what it means. But what is the message for me and you this morning, for us today in 2022? Does it have a practical message for you and me? I think it certainly does. You've already assimilated a part of it into your thinking this morning. But let me uh, reiterate it first. It means I have eternal life. I have eternal life if... I have put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. 
if I can acknowledge genuinely that it was my sins who put him on the cross, if I can say honestly, I should have been crucified, I should have suffered and died, if I can say to him, Jesus, I'm so sorry for my sin, I'm so sorry for what I did to you, but thank you so much for dying in my place. Then the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, those were some of the verses the preacher showed me at that little Baptist church in the Ozark Mountains of Arkansas when I was just nine years of age, and I believed it. I received it. And there at that altar, Jesus saved me. Oh, it's just as real and vivid to me this morning as when it occurred all of those years ago. It means I have eternal life. It means it is finished. Jesus left no unfinished business behind. Amen. When my boys were growing up, I was constantly saying, boys, you got to finish the job. Finish the job. They were notorious for, you know, mom would say, go clean your room. Okay, mom, we'll go do that. And get about halfway finished and then get distracted Where's the boys? Oh, they got, they're outside playing ball. Boys, come back in here. You got to finish the job. Finish the job. Jesus left no unfinished business behind. So, if to tell us die means it is finished in the past, the present, and future, that means it'll always be finished. If I have it now, I'll always have it. Life eternal in Christ. It means I can trust my Bible. It means I can trust my Bible. You see, because the Bible has so many prophecies and promises, types, and things that were fulfilled, when he said it is finished, he was saying these Old Testament types and prophecies I am bringing them to fruition. He had been given vinegar to drink. We read that. Did you know that was prophesied in Psalm 69, verse 21? He's telling us, you can trust the Bible. It's finished. The scripture said it was going to happen, and here it did. It was prophesied in the Old Testament. He would be sold for 30 pieces of silver. Zechariah 11, verse 12. And he was. It was prophesied that his hands and feet would be pierced. Psalm twenty-two sixteen, and they were. In Psalm twenty-two eighteen, it was promised that his garments would be divided, and we read that very thing occurred. Zechariah twelve ten said his side would be pierced, and it was by the Roman soldier's spear. There are many other prophecies surrounding his death. All those had been or very soon would be fulfilled when Jesus said, Tetelestai, it is finished. 
He fulfilled the Old Testament types, prophecies, and promises. And friends, he's still doing so today. You can trust the Bible. You can trust it. It means that I have eternal life. It means I can trust my Bible. It means I can appreciate Christ's sufferings. I remember that very day I got saved. The pastor, the assistant pastor preached that night on the topic of hell. He started out somewhere there in the middle of this message. He got into the sufferings of Jesus on the cross. Some of the things we read this morning. I looked up at my mama and the tears were flowing down her face. I said, Mama, why are you crying? And she said, Jesus loves us so much. There's something about the sufferings. Can we appreciate that? We certainly can. Because when he said, it is finished, he was saying, the malice of my enemies, it's over now. By nailing him to the cross, they had done their worst. By remaining on the cross, Jesus did his best. And there was nothing more they could do to the Son of God. No greater suffering. No greater punishment than to be put to death innocently. And he was. It is finished to Telestai. It means, fourthly, that I can rejoice in that the ceremonial law was abolished. Thank God it was. The ceremonial law was put away. Romans 10.4 says that Christ is the end of the law. In other words, the law finds its completion and fulfillment in Him. Therefore, all those Old Testament rules concerning animal sacrifices are now set aside. I'm so thankful for that. Now, I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher, uh, uh, New Testament speaking. If I had been a priest in the Old Testament, I don't know if I would have enjoyed that very much. Putting those animals to death, draining their blood. Recently, I was out riding my motorcycle I was by myself and I was just kind of up in the woods having a good time and I came around a corner and uh, I saw something flash out of the ditch in front of me and it just it just happened so fast I knew I hit it but I didn't know what it was I honestly I thought I had hit a bird I thought a bird had flown up and I'd hit it with my front wheel that's happened to me a few times I kept on going, but then I thought, no, there's no feathers. What was that? And I turned around, stopped, turned around. And I went back, and I got off, and right there in the middle of the road was the tiniest, don't hate me now, the tiniest, sweetest little chipmunk. And I looked down, and you could see his little heart beating, and then it wasn't. Here I am, big, tough motorcycle rider out there all by myself, don't need any help. And I found myself nearly in tears over a little chipmunk. Man, I don't know if I could have made it as an Old Testament priest. Slaying those animals, all that kind of stuff. Wow. 
but I don't have to. Why? It is finished. Tetelestai, it's all been set aside. The rules and regulations concerning the priesthood are now out of date since the greater priest has now laid down his life for his people. Those laws pointed to the cross, but once Jesus died and said it is finished, they were no longer needed. The Mosaic economy is dissolved to make way for a better hope. Amen and amen. Now, not all of the Old Testament ethics, ethical laws and moral laws, those things are still intact. But that ceremonial law has been put away when Jesus said it is finished. Finally, it means that I can rest in the fact that God has a great plan for me. God has a great plan for me. I can deduce that from the fact that with God, nothing ever happens by chance. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? Nothing is by chance. It all is a part of His great plan and His design. And here we are these thousands of years later in 2022, and we are still a part of God's great plan. I do not know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. I don't know what the morrow may bring, but I can say if the Lord will tomorrow, I'll serve him and do what he would have me do. Nothing by chance. And I can rest in that fact that God has a great plan for me. 27 years ago, God brought our family to Tillamook, Oregon. I never thought I'd be in a small town like that for 20, going on 27 years. But here we are. And I'm excited about what God's plan for me in the future is. Maybe another 27 in Tillamook. Smelling all that beautiful aroma over there. The land of cheese, trees, and ocean breeze. Tillamookers, we say cheese, trees, and mud up to your knees. But I know that it's going to be good because it's God's plan if I stay with him. It is finished. A few years ago, I brought this message to our church. About a week later, one of the dear ladies in the church came to see me, and she came to my office, and she brought me a little plaque someone had made. It said, Tetelestai, and it sits there on my office desk today. It is finished. It is finished. Father, thank you for the great plan of salvation that included those ceremonies and sacrifices of the Old Testament that pointed to the cross. And especially thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, who walked upon the earth doing nothing but good and never sinned, but we massacred we put him to death. And he could have called 10,000 angels to take him away, but he did not. And we're so thankful today that he didn't. And thank you, Jesus, 
for staying on the cross. And thank you for this word to Telestai. Lord, I pray today if there's someone here who's never experienced what it means to accept Jesus Christ, to let his blood atone for their sins, please, Lord, help them to be willing to receive the gift. You've done all you could do. It is finished on your part. But the transaction is not complete until it is received. Friends, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, you've heard the message today. In just a minute, I'll finish the prayer with an amen. But before I do, I wonder, is there someone here today would say, Pastor, I have not yet, I don't believe, received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But today is the day I want to complete that transaction. Please pray for me. The Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And you would raise your hand and put it up and then right back down. No one's looking other than me. And I won't call you out or anything like that. I'll just pray for you. Anybody like that? I'm not sure. Please pray for me, Pastor. Just put it up and put it right back down. Anybody at all? All right, I see no hands. Christians, I hope today's message might 